Welcome back to Limbok Unlocked. Millennials are the best, am I right? Okay, I know some of you may fight me on this one, but let's face a new reality. Millennials make up roughly just under half of the U.S. workforce, and many of them are now our leaders. Born between 1981 and 1996, which makes them 25 to 39 years old, millennials bring a unique generational perspective to leadership in the workplace. For those of us who identify as a millennial, we can learn from our early career peers who've made it big. And for those in Gen Z, Boomers, and Gen X, you can learn more about how to work with these Gen Yers and how they lead, work in teams, and engage with others in the workplace. To give us the Gen Y perspective on leading an early career, Andre Calabro has agreed to unveil the attributes of leadership as he sees it speaking for a generation in leadership here at this company. I'm Katie Mystery from Learning and Engagement. Let's get started, shall we? Hi, Andre. Welcome to the show. Hey, Katie. How are you? Good. I'm so glad you're here. I'm excited to talk about this topic with you. Why don't we start with some basics? What are you doing? What's your current role with the company and where do you work out of? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm really excited to be here. Thank you for uh, inviting me on the podcast. Um, I am based out of the Lake Mary branch in Florida. So we are Harper Central Florida. I am the area service manager of special projects. So we do, well, we head up the owner direct project side of, uh, of the house right now. So, I mean, how did you get to that point in your career? Because that's, that's a lot of responsibility, or it covers a lot of what we do as a business. So how did you get to where you are? Yeah, we, uh, I want to touch real quick on what you said about covering all, a lot of the business. We, uh, we definitely touch everything. I, you know, I'm, I am responsible for operations and sales, but we do sheet metal, uh, mechanical piping, plumbing. You know, we, we are the mechanical prime uh, chasers of work. Um, but how here it, it was it was definitely it wasn't an easy road um a dedication a lot of a lot of late nights a lot of um phone calls at 2 a.m from your your clients saying they've got an emergency i need you here asap um it's a lot of uh it's a lot of tough work but you know yeah. you can be a solutions provider i think um i think it it, it all works out in the end yeah and that trickles down to not just what the business does, but what our individuals in the business do, right? So, because leaders are solutions providers. And the kind of solutions that you're providing, um, of course, they're going to align with our business strategy, but the way you provide them might be a bit different. And I'm really getting to where you are in your career, because that's something that we're focusing on in today's show is leading an early career. So how you go about aligning the work that you do with what the business does is really critical for us to understand. And I want to touch on something kind of specific here about millennials as leaders, uh, because you and I are millennial leaders. Um, and I want to give our listeners a bit more background on the people in our age group, because when I say millennials, I typically get eye rolls like, oh, those kids who have never seen a cassette tape or used a Walkman, right? Um, I used both of those in the past. <laughs> no, so, so before we jump into your leadership role and how that works with the business strategy, let's make sure we set the record straight. So 
People who are considered millennials were born before computers and cell phones became widespread, right? And and I, I too had some pretty sweet mixtapes. I'll have you oh, know. Yeah. Um, but it's important to note that there are three groups of millennials: um, those that graduated before the Great Recession, those that graduated during the Great Recession, and then post-recession graduates. And that's kind of how people understand it, um, which is kind of crazy to think about that. that there's such a wide range of people in this generation. But there's a couple things that, you know, researchers say, um, people have studied us, say that we tend to do. And I just want to see if this rings true for you, because this is going to give us some context. Um, Millennials, apparently, we like to spend money on experiences rather than material possessions. Um, We also tend to embrace the work from wherever, whenever mentality. And we also tend to want a lot of feedback and reinforcement. What do you think? Is this true for you? I can, I can honestly say that all three points you just hit on are spot on. I, I yeah. definitely love feedback. I think you should be able to, as long as you're efficient, obviously, be able to work from wherever, um, bring your laptop, your iPad, your, your you know, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever equipment you have. And um, what was the first thing that you, you touched on? Spend money on experiences. Oh yeah, spend money on experiences. I am definitely someone, I love traveling. I love to, to go out. I, I'd rather go zip lining in the mountains of Denver like I, I did a couple of years back than sit oh. my and play video games, you know? Yeah, no, no. So, and I, I give this background and I ask you that for a specific reason because as someone in their early career who is leading and someone who identifies with this perspective, you bring a very interesting take on how you operate our business, right? How you operate the special projects um, division of of the Lake Mary branch specifically. I also want to add to your list um, because Forbes gives a really interesting background on millennial leaders. And and Forbes says millennial leaders, they they value uh, feedback. So kind of similar to what you just said. They express different needs regarding leadership training, Um, They seek to empower and transform, and they seek support and flexibility in a work-life balance. Again, true for you? Absolutely true. Um, I I can definitely say that flexibility is huge. You know, we're we're not, we're not bound to a a seven to four, eight to five, not whatever, you know, the nine to five or whatever. All that's absolutely true. And I, I love feedback and I love giving feedback. Yeah. And I think it makes me think of you saying you got phone calls at 2 a.m. and that's just part of the job. And it is. I mean, you know, a a lot of what we do, I'm sure everyone, most people know, at least, is that, you know, we tackle healthcare uh, specifically as our clientele. And if a hospital and I've I've gotten a call before, hey, my OR, my ER or whatever, uh, my air handler's down, the chiller's slacking or or whatever the case. I need you guys here ASAP. Um, the MRI at a specific hospital here in Sebastian, Florida, um, the air handler that was serving that area was down for a significant amount of time. They, they were holding off on calling us. We had to go out there, address the humidity issues, all kinds of stuff. And that's revenue that they're missing out on or, you know, potentially someone's life that, that could be in jeopardy if in an OR, the air handler goes down, you know? So there's, there's yeah. a lot. A lot of things that we we tackle on the special projects side. So well, there's a lot on the line, and there's a lot that I think you you approach it in a in a unique way as someone leading earlier in their career. So, what are the most 
important attributes in your mind of successful leaders today? Because like you just said, you have a lot you're dealing with, especially within healthcare on a regular basis. So what do you bring to the table as a leader? I think I bring tenacity. I think that's my one uh, attribute that I bring to the table. Organization. Um, I bring feedback. I like to give feedback. Like I said, um, I'm I'm very thorough, detail-oriented, and I lead by example. I think that's Mm -hmm. huge. Um, I had a lot of, have um, had blessings in my life to have good uh, mentors and Mm -hmm. by example and, and learning from them. Um, actually the person who, who got me the job at Harper originally, or who got me the interview, John D'Amico, unfortunately he's no longer with Harper. He went on to do his own thing, um, mm-hmm. own business, but he was a great mentor for me, uh, right when I got out of college and he's, he's still a mentor to me and I still talk to him. Uh, actually we use him as a subcontractor now. So, <laughs> wow. I mean, that's pretty cool. And that, that actually yeah. makes me think about, you know, your network and how do you build trust, not only within your internal network, so within your team, but also how do you reach out to other people around you? Because I mean, great leaders are, are known to have robust networks. What's your process with that? What's my, I mean, obviously word of mouth, right? So you learn Mm -hmm. good people usually know good people. And if you know someone who's a good person, they'll typically introduce you to other people that are going to know people. and Mm -hmm. people. I like that. But I also think that earning trust is just by doing what you say you're going to do, instilling confidence in either your, your external clients or your internal team or whomever that you're dealing with, that you're going to say, you're going to do what you said you're going to do, and you're going to execute, and you're going to follow up, and you're going to make sure that whatever the issue is or whatever you, you got to tackle, that it's going to get done properly mm-hmm. and in a timely fashion. Right. So does that change? Does that dynamic change or does your approach to it change, especially when you're on the younger side and you might be leading more tenured individuals, let's say? I think for that, in that case specifically, you just have to prove yourself a little bit further. Mm -hmm. You need to be asking, you know, for instance, if somebody, if you're leading somebody on your team that definitely has more experience than you, they've been in, you know, the industry a lot longer, whatever the case may be, go out of your way to, to build their trust. What, ask them, what can I do for you? How can I help you? What, what equipment do you need? Um, do you need me to meet you out to, to walk this with you so we can you know, bounce ideas off each other's heads? Um, there, there's a, a multitude of ways, but I think you, you really just have to take, take that extra step and take that extra effort to, to show them that you're there for them and what, you know, genuinely care. Don't, don't just treat them as, as another person in your, on your team, like genuinely care for everyone. Hmm. I mean, that's easier said than done, but it is our core yes. value, right? As a company. It, so It's true though. I mean, like if you, you know, I, the people that I deal with every day, I consider them family because in reality, I love them more than I sometimes deal with my family, you know? <laughs> and I think yeah. everyone can, can, agree with that. We are with these people sometimes more than we're with our own family. So if you can't build that trust and if you can't build that kind of bond with those individuals, especially some of the older generations that you may be dealing with, then it's going to be, it's going to be rough. Uh, It's going to be a rough ride. Yeah. And I appreciate how you said, I mean, I'm paraphrasing what you said, but leveraging the experience that they do have and leaning into it 
because that's that's an area, especially if you're if you know for our listeners who are leading um, earlier in their career, that's an area that we aren't experts in yet. So we have to build our network of people who know what they're doing uh, in different capacity than us. And I think you you know some we all we all get into it sometimes, but um, some people may have an ego, and especially if you're dealing with somebody who may have that significant amount of more experience than you you can't go into it with an ego trust those people trust their opinion mm. their experience and and take their wisdom and just and run with it and and it'll it it pays out in dividends it really does yeah okay let's let's take a break from this uh intergenerational fun um i want to get to know you a bit more i want our listeners to get to know you a bit more i have one of our fun segments here called tell me something good All right. So I'm going to give you a tell me something good prompt. And all you have to do is finish it with your answer. And this one, this is just funny because like you already kind of talked about this a bit, but we'll just go with it. Here we go. Tell me something good good about a specific place you've traveled to. About a specific place that I've traveled to. Okay. Um, I love snowboarding and Steamboat Springs, uh, Colorado was absolutely gorgeous, but the number one place that I've snowboarded was, it was called Arapahoe Basin, short for, or they typically call it a basin, has absolutely breathtaking views of any mountaintop that I've been to in my life. Um, and in I, Colorado? In Colorado. Um, I already have my epic ski pass for next year, so I'll be trapped. Oh my gosh. To tell you something good. I love, I love snowboarding and, and it's, and it's beauty. It's breathtaking to be honest. How'd you get into that? Cause aren't you, are you Florida born and raised? I was born in New Jersey, but I lived, I've lived in Florida the majority of my life. So I'm a Floridian. Okay. I skated okay. and surfed as a kid. Uh, I would surf every weekend, skate during the week. Um, and then my buddy Louise, uh, who I've been best friends with since I was like eight, he moved out to Denver to take an architecture job. And so he started snowboarding. He got me into it now every year. We're actually planning it right now. We take a, a like a high school friends trip. Oh my gosh. So fun. It's it. We're going to Park City, Utah this year, but it's a, it's always a fun time. And that's, that's really how I got into it. And I fell in love. I have all my own equipment now. And oh kind of- my. And I mean, it harkens back to, we like experiences, right? Exactly. Exactly. So- I'll, you know, I'm, I'm planning on traveling you know, outside the country over the next year. And there's, there's a lot of stuff in the works. So for sure. Oh my gosh. Experiences. Super fun. Um, yep. I'm jealous. I love, I'm a skier though, because I tried snowboarding <laughs> once. It's really hard to go from skiing to snowboarding in my I've heard, opinion. Yeah, I've heard, but skiing, you know, I, um, I'm kind of nervous. I would be nervous to go skiing personally. And the reason why is you can go way faster skiing than you can snowboarding. And especially- I think so. And especially if you're doing like double black diamonds, they're going in and out. Oh, no, 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 no. (laughs) That's too much. I don't have a need for speed. But Andre, this is really interesting. This is something I did not know about you. And we've been able to get to know one another a little bit better through your involvement in our lead level two program, which is a selective leadership program for those who lead a team of people. Um, And in that time, there is one thing I've definitely learned from you and about you that you really care about growing in your skills um, and about growing your career. Through that program, what exactly made you want to participate in it? Um, what did you want to get better at in terms of leading others? I'll be honest, and I, I mentioned this at my um, 
the first residency mm-hmm. level two is, is patience. Um, I'm a very energetic and, um, you know, I want to do it when I get, when I get a task, I get it done now. Uh, so patience is definitely something that I need to grow and develop as, um, myself internally better. Um, I think also just, you know, my, my knowledge base, no one knows everything. And, um, even Gary Hawkins, my, my general superintendent, awesome guy that I work with every single day, mm-hmm. I see him every single day. Um, he even learns new things all the time. You know what I mean? Been in the industry for 30 years. So it's just having an open mind, having, um, having that, that willingness to continue to, to learn. Um, I think that's how you develop as a leader better. So that kind of brings me to a clarifying question, because if that's your focus, if your focus is on, you know, I'm intentionally trying to learn more, learn from other people, I'm assuming that's what you would recommend for other people who are trying to grow and develop as a leader, right? 100%. And I mean, I really, like I said earlier, I'm big on leading by example. So whatever you think that you would want a leader to do, you should, you should be doing that yourself. So you should be going that extra mile. You should be following up with your clients all, you know, at a, at a high level. Um, you should be very detailed and, and thorough and um, just, just doing things that you would want your team to be doing, I think is a huge way to, to, to grow. And is there someone in your life, I know you said you, you've been mentored by um, someone who used to work with us, but is there, are there other people in your life where you've seen that lived out and, and kind of had been able to take those experiences and apply them here? Absolutely. So my, um, my, so my family up in New Jersey, uh, my, my uncle Joey, who's my godfather, actually, mm-hmm. uh, when I was a young, young boy, uh, not that he, he, not that he was a bad person, but he just wasn't on the right path. In yeah. Life. Uh, he ended up becoming a cop and now he's the chief of police, um, <laughs> for his department, two of his daughters married two detectives who are on his team as well. And, um, I mean, he's, he's just an unbelievable guy. He, his, his family all loves him. He's like the patriarch of that part of our family. Yeah. He's my, he's someone I, I look to for advice a lot. And, um, but just leading by example, do always doing the right thing, you know, having integrity, um, and, uh, and going that extra mile to just be there for people and, and show that you care is, uh, is definitely something that I've, I've taken, um, myself and applied that here. You, you've mentioned the caring piece. Actually, I feel like you've mentioned every core value of the company in our conversation so far, even if it's been just alluded to, which makes me, I just want to reinforce what those values are because it's something we do talk about in lead level two as well, which is knowing your core values, knowing your personal values and how they um, translate into work and how they translate into our company's core values. And everybody is scored against, you know, we care, we're accountable, um, we act with integrity and and we are innovative. It's just fascinating to me that in your experiences... And again, as someone who is leading earlier in their career, you have such strong values that either you were raised with them, you learn them through experience, you don't necessarily need 50 years on this planet, right, to have values. Yeah, and I appreciate that a lot, Katie. I think um, you're, you're definitely raised with them. And um, I, it's it's not... It's not hard to be a good person. It actually takes more effort to, to do the wrong thing. Hmm. 
but I think uh, having values, it, it, I've always been told that I have an old soul. So me being 29 years old, um, I think I should have been born many, many years before I was actually <laughs> born. But I think that has, a, has something to do with it. And I just, um, I, I take pride in, in, in always doing the right thing. So mm-hmm. I think those last few uh, answers of yours to some of the questions I asked are extremely helpful in a lot of ways because I think it's helpful not only for people who are who can resonate with where you are in your career right now, but I also think it's helpful for more tenure generations to listen to and understand. Um, but is there specific advice you might give Gen X and baby boomers who are right above us in the generational scheme who are being led by millennials, right? Um, is there advice you would give them to understand millennial leadership and collaboration style? Yes, I would say um, try to get more technically advanced. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> yep, okay, I can see it. Uh, no, I'm, I'm kidding, but I'm not kidding. I think millennials want to text, they want to send their emails, they don't always want to call or, or, um, or I'm, I mean, I'm a huge believer in, in calling, but some of my peers, mm-hmm. you know, they always want to text, they always want to email instead of, um, you know, going face to face or call, picking up the phone and calling someone. Mm-hmm. I think uh, for those, for the baby boomers and for the Gen X, you really want to, to have an open mind and understand that we may not have the same experiences that you had, because things were obviously different for and their generation growing up. But um, a lot of we're we are a very intelligent information age style uh, group, and we we have a lot to offer. So just have an open mind, and uh, and don't just because we're quote unquote young kids, don't <laughs> don't toss us to the side. We 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 have a lot to offer. Okay, but there's younger kids out there. So what would you what would you say to younger millennials um, and Gen Z who are just starting their careers? What advice would you give those early early career folks who want to be leaders sooner rather than later? Um, I would say, if you if you want it, go get it. Don't wait back. You know, uh, everyone wants everyone wants a trophy these days. If you want mm-hmm. something, you got to work for it and you got to go get it. You know, if there's an opportunity to, to be trained on something, take that training. I remember my first day of work as a kid, my grandfather dropped me off at Publix and he told me, I know this is going to sound like a, you know, folktale or whatever, but he literally well, and, told- and wait, and Publix is a grocery store down south, yeah. just FYI. <laughs> told me if they ever, if they want to train you in the cash office, if they want to train you in produce, bakery, wherever they want to train you you take it. You all, The more diverse and well-versed you can be in everything around you, the better, uh, the more valuable you are. And, you know, I stayed at Publix for seven and a half years. I worked there through college and um, they were begging me to stay when I left, but I said, I got to move on. But yep. I think going, going out of your way to, to learn and, uh, and keep, um, you don't know everything, even though we think we do. Mm-hmm. Andre, thank you. I mean, I just, I want to express my appreciation for you taking the time to uh, talk with me about this. Understanding your perspective on leading and leadership is really helpful for for a ton of reasons. I mean, for this business to recognize how to keep early career talent, it's important to hear our stories, you know, hear your stories, um, how to grow the talent. It's also really helpful for the whole array of generations in the workplace to better understand one another because we really want to create 
this space of belonging for each of us. Um, instead of those eye rolls or, you know, we, we want the pats on the back and the handshakes, even if, even if it's, you know, virtual pats on the back or handshakes, you know, these days. Fist bumps, fist bumps, right. Um, we can't close without one last question, though. This is the famous curveball question that has absolutely nothing to do with what we talked about today. Okay. Forget about the curveball, Ricky. Give him the heater. All right. So the curveball question today is what is one thing that people do that you just can't wrap your head around? That you're like, what the heck? People are crazy. It's a okay. weird question. Yeah, I got it. Okay, go ahead. Wearing socks with flip-flops or like oh. the flops here in Florida. You see it all the time. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, oh my gosh. I'm with <laughs> you on that one. That's yeah. just weird. <laughs> I can't stand it. It's like, I, you know, maybe if you were doing something around your house real quick and you just had to throw some flip-flops on, but right. public with that. Don't embarrass yourself. <laughs> a bit of everyone here come on yeah. I, I apologize if anyone listening does that but it's not that cool yeah no take our advice on this yeah. flip flops no socks no socks all right um well thank you again i appreciate your insight and your time um i think this has been inspiring for a lot of different people in this company and i'm sure we'll have more conversations on this topic to come but good luck to you in your career and i'm excited to see what you do with it Thank you, Katie. I really appreciate it. Thank you. If we take anything from Andre's example of leading, I hope it is that we can learn and grow at any and every point in our careers. His concern that we are all learning from one another is one I share, so that way more leaders can rise up supported by their peers, whether or not their peers come from the same generation. Sticking to your values working really hard, and listening to those with more or just plain old different expertise is the recipe Andre gave us today for leading successfully, and especially if you're leading a bit earlier in your career than most. And hey, if you're interested in joining one of our leadership programs, email learning at limbachinc.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We'll catch you next time on Limbach Unlocked.